Hey guys, welcome back to the Dream Achieve podcast with me, Hannah Ashton. I don't know about you guys, but I've had an exhausting, exhausting week. The workbooks, my Dream Achieve workbook planners came in on Tuesday. And so I was frantically all day Tuesday packaging, getting everything out. I got all the domestic orders out Tuesday, all the international orders out on Wednesday. It is now Thursday and I've been running around trying to prep myself and pack and finish up presentations and everything for my speaking engagement um, this weekend in Nashville. Mom and I head to Nashville tomorrow on Friday for the kickoff party that evening and then the conference is on Saturday. We drive back Saturday night and then my cousins are coming into town, which I'm really excited about. But it's just been an absolute crazy week and I'm definitely feeling exhausted and I'm just ready to go back to my summer mood, but I also love summer because I can work so much. But anyway, um, that's the little update on me. I always like to tell you guys how I'm doing, how my week's going, and just let you know what's new in my life. So I'm trying to think. That's really the main thing that's new in my life. I also tried to go to our local drive-in here in East Tennessee. Uh, We have this really old drive-in. It's probably been there since the 50s. And usually it's not that crowded, but this past weekend they had The Lion King and Toy Story 4 playing back-to-back. So you pay $8 to get in and you can watch both movies for that price. My friend Emma and I tried to go to the drive-in last year one time together. We didn't get in. It was sold out. It was when we tried to see Incredibles 2. And we went back on Friday, sold out. We got there an hour early. It was sold out. We went back on Saturday, got there two hours early. It was sold out. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? So it is my goal this summer before I head back to school in a few weeks to go to the dang drive-in movies. Okay. If that's the worst thing that's going on, I think we're good. We can do a whole solo episode recapping my summer and how it's been and everything that's gone on. If you guys want more of like the personal episodes, I obviously love doing these interviews and I learned so much through them. I hope you guys learn a lot through them. But if you want a more serious sit down, let's chat about my life type of podcast episode, I can totally do that as well. Anyway. Here is this episode and we'll get started with the actual value-filled content in just a second. If you're a small business who has employees and hates dealing with payroll, let me introduce to you Gusto. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll to small businesses across the country. And as a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Sign up and give it a try at gusto.com dream. That's gusto.com dream. Have you guys ever experienced something exciting coming up or maybe on the edge of nerve wracking, you know, where you're just taking a risk and then you get so excited for it, but then all of a sudden your feelings just get shut down and you automatically go into the opposite direction of not excitement. It's like pressure and, oh no, I have so much to do and it's going to do this. People are going to think this of me and I'm not cut out for this. I'm not cool enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not famous enough. We all get these negative thoughts in our heads and it can be really hard to control them. But that is why I am so excited for this episode today because I'm going to be talking with Amy a little later about how to control them and how to create just a healthy mindset around yourself and around others and your work. And it's going to be so good. So stay tuned. First, we have the dreamer spotlight, but that is what today's episode is going to be about. And as Amy's a life coach and specializes in this, I think we can all take a few notes from her book. 
Now it is time for the Dreamer Spotlight, where I interview you guys, listeners and viewers of my YouTube channel to see what you've been up to, how you've been making moves, and also to see what you're dreaming up next. So hi, everyone. My name is Agnia, and I'm currently working as a lab tech in university. And uh, yeah, by day, I'm a lab technician. <laughs> by night, I, I'm a sucker for good, good self-help book. And I like to plan a lot of goals for myself. And I'm trying to get back on track on the gym and uh, just motivate myself to achieve everything I want to in life. And I also I also have loads of ideas for my side hustle. I don't have it currently, but I'm planning a lot, a lot of things. But I just need someone to push me and say, do it, do it. <laughs> so that's a short introduction about me. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. I think we all are in that place where we're like, okay, we have all these great ideas, but we just need to get started and go for it. Yeah, and definitely. what country are you talking to us from today? Uh, I'm from United Kingdom. So we have an international dreamer spotlight. I love when we have girls from other countries come on here because it's so cool to hear how you're achieving your goals and working towards them um, all across the world. And actually, guys, she ordered my Dream Achieve workbook on the first day and we got to talk <laughs> over Instagram DMs about that. So first off, thank, thank you, you for, for creating an amazing product. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yes, I can't wait for you to receive it. I'm literally checking the manufacturer shipping every day. Can't wait for it to arrive here so I can ship it to you. But I would love for you to go into a little bit more detail about what a lab tech does. And maybe if you want to share about an idea for a side hustle and like how you're able to work on that with having a full-time job. Okay, I will try. Awesome <laughs> so basically a lab tech, it depends in what kind of industry are you working, you know, if it's like an animal lab tech or it's like a food technology uh, lab tech. So in my case, I work a bit of with um, animal, um, in animal industry. So basically what I do usually is I just test uh, animal food nutrition so just, yeah, doing a lot of like cool lab stuff like you can see in Google Images, like lab technician. So that's me basically every day. So, yeah. and Yes. And you just got a really cool opportunity. With yeah, your it's job amazing. Too, right? Like, honestly, I love my job. I can't get I, like when I work from Monday to Friday, but every like Sunday evening, I'm like, I want to go to work now. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> so, yeah, it's perfect. Awesome. And so what do you like to do um, in your routine to help achieve your goals? Do you have a plan? Do you um, have a morning routine? What do you normally, what is yeah, your so daily? I try to get um, like, a, a, I try to plan a week, but sometimes you can't do that in a nine to five job because sometimes all the, you know, life happens and it's, you, have, you just have to switch your whole schedule that you planned. So basically what I, I'm aiming to do is I try to set priorities for work. And I try to go by my to-do list every day, what I need to do. And uh, yeah, and it requires a lot of, like my job, uh, it requires a lot of like background reading about the stuff that I'm uh, doing. Like for example, if you're testing, um, I don't know, something, I don't know, like for example, a grass for a horse, like you need to Google about that, you know, like what, what can go wrong in this place, what could go right, you know, like you need to Google around the area. So I like that for my job, I need to Google around a lot of things that I'm doing and this helps me to get my butt going and doing things and reading about stuff. I know it's so good to be a consistent learner and to research on any topic that we're interested whether for work or outside of work. We have so many resources available to us we just have to remember to take part in them. Use them yeah <laughs> use them yeah for sure. So what is a dream you are currently working towards achieving? 
So my dream is to have some sort of side hustle to be able to motivate uh, science techs. Like, for example, what I'm struggling with is like, uh, I like my job. I love my job as a, as, a, um, as a lab technician, but I also like reading a lot of self-help books and like developing myself as a, as a person. So my side hustle, ideally, I want to like join these two things together, like have like workshops for lab techs that want to do different things. Like if one person likes to bake pies and another one likes to knit, like we can like do that together. But also we have the same background as a, as a science people, you know that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. And I can't wait to see where you take it. I hope so. It will be possible at some point. But yeah, I just a lot of, I have a lot of dreams, but I have no idea how to um, make them happen. And I watched your video, how you are creating the Dream Achieve Workbook. And I'm like, oh my God, I need the same motivation as you have. (laughs) Yes, I get mine from a lot of other YouTubers and podcasters too. So I love the online space because we can just be like a loop of motivation for each other. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Agnia, for being on today and talking with me. Yeah, I'm very happy to be on your podcast. It's my first ever interview, so I feel special. Yes, and she is a girl on the go, guys. She was running from the bus stop to make it to our interview. Like, she is just hustling. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I was so excited to ship off her workbook this past week, guys. Uh, it has been a crazy week because of that. But now I am so excited to introduce the interviewee, Amy, from the Joy Junkie blog. So Amy talks about all things like mental awareness, mental clarity, figuring out your emotions and what's stopping you, maybe the fears or feelings of stopping you from pursuing your biggest dreams. And so that's why I knew I wanted to have her on here to take a deep dive into everything. It was basically like a therapy session or a counseling session for me, Um, but it was really great. And I hope you guys can have some great takeaways of how you can stop talking so negatively to yourself or how you can get away from those negative feelings that are, you can't do this, you shouldn't start this, you're going to be a failure, you know, all those things that we all tell ourselves at some point in our lives, um, how to stop that and how to live to your full potential. So we're just going to get straight into this because she explains it way better than I do right here. But yeah, I hope you enjoy the interview and definitely let me know your takeaways on IG or in a review. Okay, here we go. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to hang out. Yes, thanks so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to the Joy Junkie. I love that name. Um, (laughs) And I can't wait to hear how that all got started. But first, I always like for you to tell a bit about yourself and where you started. Yeah, so, you know, I've been working as a life coach and communication expert for about the last Oh gosh, it's been at least the last decade uh, and a, a little bit longer. I, in sort of the chronology of of my career, as I started off in my in my younger years, I was a creative, like a lot of the folks who listen to your show, and I was a makeup artist for a prestige makeup brand, and I really had the perspective of this is it. This is the career for me for the rest of my life. And I kind of went through an awkward phase where I kind of fell out of love with it. And I, you know, I had dealt with a lot of, a lot of interesting elements of my upbringing, I'll say. And I think because of that, it has really influenced the various careers that I've chosen. 
And, you know, I'm 40 years old now, but when I was younger, you know, the, one of the great things that we have kind of at our disposal now, whether you're X-Gen or, you know, millennial or Z, it, we have the great fortune to be able to create multiple career fields in our lifetime mm-hmm. and which is amazing. Right. So it's sort of the, the way that it unfolded for me, I was, I was kind of dying a slow death in makeup artistry and the, a lot of my passion for it had started to become stifled by the sort of the corporate arena. And I was losing the passion and the excitement. And I, I knew that I needed to make a change. And it was, it was interesting because my husband at the time, he, he came home one day and he said, Oh, I heard, I heard about this career. I, I heard this person on, on the radio and it, it's what you've been doing. It, like your whole life, you just didn't know. And I was like, what, what? And he said, it's called a life coach. And I was like, Oh my goodness, really? And he had felt so convicted about it that he sent away to find uh, materials on a, an, on a coaching school in order to get a certification. And, you know, that was in the mid two thousands and that really kind of informed what I do now. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the focus that I talk about now is, is truly around finding your voice and being able to establish boundaries, saying no. I, I grew up in a, in an extremely conservative, dogmatic, uh, born again, Christian family. And there was a lot of a real stoic uh, stance on what was right and wrong. And a lot of it really didn't resonate with my spirit. And it, it took me many, many years to actually have the courage to speak up and say, I actually don't believe that. Or, you know, I, I feel different about the LGBTQ community, or I feel differently about some of these things that I've been raised with. And, and to really have a strong footing in that. So that really is what I do what I do now is kind of twofold. It's helping people truly believe in their own self-worth and believing that they are valuable. I know you've done, you know, episodes on self-care and self-love. So really helping people find that belief in themselves. And then how does that influence the external piece of communicating that with others? You know, when you really do love yourself, when you do really find your own intrinsic value it becomes much easier to establish boundaries and let go of people pleasing and those sorts of things. But we're not really taught how to do that. We're not taught how to politely decline invites that we don't want to go to or to tell our family that we don't believe in the religion we were raised in. Or if you're pregnant, telling somebody, please don't touch my pregnant belly. Like, you know, we don't, (laughs) there's all these weird situations that we have in our lives that, that we've kind of been conditioned to just be quiet about. Mm, yes. And we're going to get into your tips on all those uh, for sure. But what was the point when you realized you wanted to pursue life coaching full time? Well, that, you know, it really was a, a gradual progression. And I think everybody is motivated differently. And some people have to kind of quit something cold turkey and start something brand new right away in order to be motivated. And, and then there's other people, much like myself, who needed to have a plan and work the plan. So at the time when I kind of discovered coaching, thanks to my husband, I went to a coaching school. And this is really interesting. This might be something that your listeners can really resonate with. I was told that I was too young and they wouldn't accept me into the coaching program. And I was in, I think I was probably 24, 25, something like that. And they just deemed that I didn't have enough life experience to be able to really share anything with anybody else. 
And, you know, I got, I had gotten married when I was 20 and everybody told me that it wasn't going to work out. And here we are 22 years later. <laughs> so I was used to people dismissing me for my youth and telling me like, you're, you can't do it. So what was great about that is it led me to another coaching establishment that was just unbelievably accepting and welcomed me with open arms. And I really knew that this, this was the next career path, but building an actual practice and having clientele. And at the time I kind of went, Oh my God, what am I going to do about insurance and all this big girl stuff that I have, you know, what am I going to do about, you know, I had a company car, I had all this fancy stuff. And I thought, how the hell am I going to go out on my own? And what about taxes? What about all this adulting? And so I had a lot of fear about that transition. But what I ended up doing is I had the great fortune in my makeup artistry profession to be able to step down in hours and in days. And so I just started to supplement that with coaching clients. And until I got to the point where the demand was so much so that I could quit the day job and that sort of weaning off of my previous profession was really the best avenue for me. But again, I think everybody's motivated differently. Yeah, for sure. Um, with the motivation part, like some people it's by the title, some people it is by the income, some people it's by the passion. Uh, I think it's really important for you to determine what you're motivated by before choosing a career path or switching a career path. I think that's some really great advice for sure. And, and really doing your due diligence about it too, you know, really understanding like what, what the plan was, because I think that there's, you know, people are always saying like, find what you're passionate about and then you'll never work a day in your life or, you know, just go follow your passion. And, and I really think it's twofold. I think it's that for sure, but I think it's also strategy. I think you have to understand what the market is about. I think you need to know what the trajectory of your career is going to be and mapping that out. What does that look like as far as overhead, all of those things. So yeah, passion and strategy. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm a big planner, big proponent of organizing. Uh, so yeah, I really do resonate with that. So how did you manage like switching between going to a corporate job and then doing your own thing? How did you manage your time through all that? Well, it was it, really what I did is I had little mini goals that I was setting up. So when I went through my coaching certification, it was required that I would have five paying clients through the, the beginning portion. And so I charged very minimally. I think I charged like 50 bucks a month or something like that. And my first goal was to make enough money from that to pay for my mentor coach, which was also a requirement for the program. So I'm like, I just need to make like 200 bucks, pay for my mentor coach who cut me an amazing deal at the time. And so that was kind of the first goal. So I started with that and I worked, I think four days a week and the other three days, I would book those clients. So I was working essentially seven days a week. And it was quite interesting too, to have the juxtaposition of something that was a really superficial career against a really deep introspective career. So it was interesting to kind of vacillate between the two, but then I just kept leaning off. And so I would step down, you know, two, three days a week at my makeup artistry job and add a couple of more clients. And that was sort of how I was able to finally leave artistry altogether. 
Mm. So what do you find is the biggest struggle with your clients when it comes to, like you mentioned at the beginning, like changing their life, learning their values, what problems keep coming up? I can't wait to continue the interview, but first let's hear a word from our sponsor, Gusto. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are totally great. I love running my Instagram marketing. I love pitching myself. I love my event planning. But some of those hats, like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing benefits and simple management tools all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Yes, please. (laughs) Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Those old school, clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. So let them wear one of your mini hats. You have better things to do, like finally starting that IGTV series. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Try a demo and see for yourself at gusto.com slash dream. That's gusto.com slash dream. Well, it's interesting. Most people don't come to me saying things like, I really need to work on my internal beliefs, or I really need to understand what my core values are. Most people say, I want to be happy. I want to like who I am. I want confidence. I want to believe in myself. And what they don't realize is that that's very much, you know, an internal job because we're kind of programmed to think, okay, well, as long as I have this perfect career or as long as I have this perfect body, or if I am partnered and find somebody who loves me, then I'll be valuable. So we're constantly searching outside of ourselves. And that was really potent for me in, in my early and mid twenties where I felt such an extreme pressure to become Amy, right? Like whatever that meant it was like, well, you need to be successful now. You're done with school. You need to, now you need to kind of pave your way or finding your identity. And, and there was a lot of pressure there I felt internally. And so I was striving external, external, external. And that is exactly what I see with, with all of my clients, no matter what age they're at, because we all kind of have these different peaks and valleys in our life. And it's not uncommon for me to see people well into their fifties and sixties who still haven't really anchored into a belief in themselves or valuing who they are. And that is usually accompanied by rampant negative self-talk. And that can be things that are really egregious and acrimonious, things like, you know, you're so ugly and you're not lovable or you're not enough, all the way to things that are just straight up disempowering, like that's not possible for you, or you can't, that's just not the nature of the economy or people from from your family or from your, you know, ethnicity don't, don't get those same sorts of opportunities. You know, we, our inner critic can attach to things that are really malicious and mean, and sometimes they're just straight up disempowering, but the self-worth piece and then the subsequent internal negative self-talk are probably the most prevalent things that I hear from people consistently. I'm sure. Cause even just, you know, at my age, I hear comments all the time from girls in my dorm room or wherever. It's just always a lot of, yeah. And a lot of looking internally and seeing negative. Um, but what's the first step to kind of switching that mindset? Well, what we have to remember is that that's been decades in the making. I mean, even if you're mm-hmm. in your, you know, early twenties, that's, we're talking two decades of you 
you know, talking crap to yourself in your mind. And it's constant. It's the one thing that in our brain, you know, we cannot escape. So even if you listen to a really empowering podcast for 30 minutes or something like that, that doesn't negate the other 24 plus hours during the day that you might be, or 23 plus hours that you might be, you know, being quite cruel to yourself. So it really is quite simply a conditioning and, and repetition. So the first item of business is to start really taking an inventory, an inventory on what you are saying to yourself and when, because we're oftentimes really triggered by specific scenarios, right? So some people out there listening might be heavily triggered around academia. It might be all around performance and uh, achievement in, in your scholastic endeavors. It could be that it's all about, or the most potent negative self-talk is around your body image, around your physicality or what you look like. It could be around your ability to make friends. It could be around your employment or around whatever you're trying to start in your career. So typically in the various seasons of our life, we will have an area where our inner critic is really attached to. So when I was younger, it was very much around aesthetics and my physicality and what I looked like. And as I've gotten older, it's been way more wrapped up into the career, business, and uh, finances, things like that. So I think we kind of go through these various seasons of our life where we can notice where does it hurt the most, right? So the, the key is to figure out what is that voice saying to you? And so I always encourage people to take an, an inventory. And this could be chronicled over, I would say at least three days. And you can use voice notes on your phone. You don't have to write it down. Although we do know that cognitively the brain tends to create uh, more neural pathways and you can kind of embed into the subconscious if you actually use an idiomotor response, which is either writing or typing. So you know, if you can actually tactilely record what your inner critic is saying, that's, that's the best because we're really tapping into the, the subconscious narrative. So, but if not, you can always just record it on your phone, just where we're capturing like, whoa, I just noticed that I looked in the mirror and I just picked apart, you know, that I need to get my hair done or what my thighs look like or the lines around my eyes or my acne or whatever. That would be something that you want to write down. Here's what I'm noticing. And, and then you also want to pay attention to the when, and that is the trigger. So is it more potent or more powerful around a specific category? Is it every time you're around another parent, let's say, or is it every time you're discussing anything related to, to school? Is it, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Where you can kind of tap into, when do I need to contend with this voice the most? So even just having that heightened awareness creates so much more understanding of, okay, here's what I need to start switching. And, and then you can start creating a new way to speak to yourself. And I, I don't think that it makes much sense to just tell yourself the opposite, to tell yourself like, you are so incredibly smart or you are so incredibly beautiful because that creates cognitive dissonance where what we are saying is in direct opposition to what we're really believing. So we need sort of a bridge. So I usually tell people to use what I like to call progressive language, which is I'm on the way to uh, loving my body, or I'm exploring what it looks like to think that I am attractive, or I am 
actively learning how to embrace my intellect, something where you're talking about like I'm on the way. And so you want to create some sort of a, a statement that we can substitute. You know, it's, it's really similar if you think about somebody who's trying to quit smoking and they're oftentimes told get a fidget spinner or start, take up, take up needlepoint or do something with your hands because we need to substitute in order to create a new habit. And that's all this is. It's a habit. You know, I know you love your morning and night routines. Like it's the same type of thing. We just have to create a new neural pathway and that is done through constant repetition. Wow, that is such a breakthrough, honestly, for me, because um, of course I know the things that I always like to nitpick about myself, but I never thought to actually identify when it's happening and then to put it down on paper. Like that's honestly kind of scary to, to in my head, to write down what all these negative thoughts are, but I bet it's really powerful once you actually do that and be like, wow, this is what I have been constantly telling myself for so long. And I love how you also explained the the small switching and repetition and habits, because like you said, it's the same way with working out or something more on the physical aspect. Like you can't go from never working out to waking up at 6am and running five miles. And it makes sense that changing the habits in your brain would be the same. Like you have to start with smaller steps. I really love that. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think a lot of times too, especially with you know, sort of this app generation that we're in, we see everybody's highlight reel. We go on Insta or we go on wherever and we go, oh my gosh, that person, that influencer, that person's channel, they have everything together. And so we start comparing our insides to other people's outsides. And we go, why don't I feel powerful and successful and accomplished and proud of myself? And and so we get stuck in this massive comparison trap too. So I think it's, it's really complicated, but the thing that I would really encourage everybody is to be really, really gentle with yourself. And it can be a, a very common occurrence for people to start taking this inventory and getting really bummed out when you see it all out on paper. Like, wow, I cannot believe this is what has been driving my car, so to speak. This has been the fuel in this engine has been, you know, just unbelievably destroying my character and my, my self-worth. So be aware that there's a lot of up and down, but the alternative sucks. The alternative is to stay being constantly negative to yourself. And and that's no fun. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that. Yeah. Thank you again for sharing. So Moving into one of the things I really struggle with is people pleasing. And I've always been, I don't know if you follow the Enneagram, I'm a type three, which is the person who's really worried about their image and how they look on the outside and achieving and all of that. Um, And then I've known ever since I was little, it was always like do well in sports. And for a long time it was to, and may, probably still is, but to make my parents proud and to make them impressed with me and want to brag about me, like that was kind of what was fueling me. Um, and then when I got to high school, it was kind of like my peers and they would fuel me into doing better and better so that they see me in a better light. Um, did you have a struggle with that growing up? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, I had, in high school in particular, I had extremely acneic skin. And that was the real kind of nucleus of my insecurity. And I, I went to a, a private school 
And I was insecure in that way too, because my family was not very affluent. And so myself and my brothers both went on scholarships and, and things like that, financial aid, and everybody around me was extremely wealthy and we were not. And then I was grappling with my skin. <laughs> and, and then I also had, similar to you, like where I needed to, I was the oldest and I needed to perform. And so I was constantly pushing myself in, in academics and being an honor roll and all of those things, but so was everybody else. So the bar was set really, really high. There was, it wasn't just like I stuck out. There were people, everybody was kind of overachieving mm -hmm. in, in this school that I went to. And so I had a lot of, a lot of conflict there and it, it was, it was really challenging. And I don't know as if I really got a strong foothold in who I was until I got exposed to coaching, which wasn't until I was in my mid twenties. Uh, and that's, that's really when I kind of went, Oh my gosh. So all of that stuff that's going on in my head, that's, that doesn't have to be true. That doesn't that's not true. I can change that. I don't have to view myself that way. Wow. Okay. And I don't have to create this idea that everybody else's thoughts, opinions, needs are more important than mine and, and that everybody else knows better. And if, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but if anyone who you look up to or you deem as an authority says something to you with any air of authority, like they know better than you. We take that as, well, they must know, or I must not be pretty enough, smart enough, good enough, accomplished yeah. enough. But you know, we kind of, we internalize it and we go, that must be true, but it doesn't have to be it, but we don't have that conscious awareness to go, okay, wait a minute. That is so-and-so's truth, not mine. That might be true for them, but that doesn't have to be true for me. And it, it's learning those sorts of skills to go, okay, wait a minute. It, everybody else's opinions aren't the end all be all. In fact, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the top five regrets of the dying. It's, um, no, it's, I haven't. Oh, it's really incredible. It, it floats around a lot as a meme now, but it was originally a book. It was a blog post that got turned into a book by a, a woman named Brony Ware, and she was a hospice nurse. So for about eight years, she helped people transition uh, as they were dying, essentially. So how to kind of be at peace. And so she started asking everybody, what are, what are your biggest regrets? And across the board, whether they were... Uh, gay, straight, you know, any different ethnicity, didn't matter what age they were, whether they had a, a young passing or not, everybody said these five major regrets. And one of them, the, the number one regret was, I wish I would have lived a life according to what I wanted instead of what everybody else wanted for me. Wow. And I thought, well, damn, <laughs> I better learn this lesson now then, because I don't want to get to my deathbed and go, man, I, I lived for everybody else. Mm. Right. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. I, I need to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, have you kind of figured out how to start changing that? I mean, I, I, that's a probably a long answer, but just uh, figure out like, okay, that is what 
how do I put this? Like, okay, I'm doing this one achievement. I'm trying to get this A, not necessarily for myself, but because my parents are expecting it. Like, how do you identify that and start to figure out what you really want? Yeah, you know, I wish that there was a really nice, tidy answer. And <laughs> I'm in the work that I do, I mean, I take people through like uh, it's about a four month process where we dig into lots of this deep stuff in order to untangle things so that you're looking at these various goals, like this project or this work function or this. Uh, scholastic achievement that I want to have so that you're starting to look at things through a different lens. So what I, what I can say is that it becomes, if you can start to create a, a different perspective around your goals, it can be extremely helpful. So here's what I mean by that. To the idea that we usually have, like the common paradigm is that we believe, okay, if I get straight A's or if I'm on Dean's list or if I get this, you know, millions of downloads on my, or hits on my YouTube channel, or if I'm an influencer, whatever, if I get sponsorships, then I'll be worthy, then I'll be enough. And that usually means in our head, then I'll be happy. But that is never enough because as soon as we achieve something or accomplish something, we change the bar and we go, okay, now it's not that. Now I need 2 million hits. Now I need this many deals. Now I need to get my master's and my doctorate and all of these things. And then we accomplish those. And so we, we then have this rat race where we're constantly putting our happiness and our self-worth on hold because we're like, mm, can't be happy yet. Not enough yet. Got to keep striving, striving, striving. Yeah, so, it's like that feeling of being never content. That's right. That's right. Because we're rooted externally instead of internally. So one of the kind of paradigm shifts or perspective shifts that, that I teach and share with my students is that we're looking at, at, at a totally different model. So instead of having this chase constantly, it's, it's like we are already intrinsically valuable and enough already. We are already enough. We are already worthy. And then outside of ourselves are, is the human experience, is all of these things that we are going to go after or different things that are going to befall us, things that are positive, things that are negative. But what we usually do is we take anything outside of ourselves and instead of going, wow, that really hurt, let me just feel my feelings, or wow, that was really exciting, let me embrace this, we make it mean something about our worth. We go, oh, okay, well, if this person likes me, then I must be valuable. Or if I get this job, then I must be enough. Or we do the opposite where they, we go, okay, if I got rejected from this you know, master's program or something like that, then I must be not enough instead of just saying that sucks, but I don't suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, looking at it as the not that it's your own fault, that it's just the problem outside of yourself. Exactly. And a lot of this has to do with emotional intelligence. Like we're not taught to just feel our feelings. You know, we're not. So for example, you know, anytime somebody tears up or gets, you know, a little of a clumped or something like that, we go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We mm -hmm. get embarrassed. Like, like for our humanity, that's like apologizing for sweating. <laughs> you know, we just sweat, right? We just emote, we feel things. We don't need to apologize for how we feel, but we're conditioned. And you know, and the other person on the other side goes, don't cry. Oh my gosh, don't cry. And what they're saying is I can't be with emotion. I can't be with you 
being an emotional spirit. So we're taught that our emotions are something that we really need to hide and not process. So instead of, let's take a scenario of, let's say somebody breaks up with you, instead of going, wow, this hurts and I need to grieve and I need to feel how sad I feel right now. We don't look at it as emotional to just deal with. We look at that must mean I suck. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. We make it this grandiose assumption about who we are. Same is true when positive things happen. One of the things that I'll share with my students all the time is, you know, if they tell me, oh my gosh, I love this program or I've gotten so much out of this, that lights me up. That makes me so excited. But I know that doesn't make me worthy. That doesn't make me enough. I'm already enough. That's just the human experience. Somebody giving me an amazing gift of a compliment and me feeling it, feeling something exciting as opposed to something disconcerting or uncomfortable. So wow. I need to take that to heart. I love that. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna start paying more attention to the reactions I have and the thoughts and and yeah, just basically, I'm going to listen, re-listen to this episode whenever I need a reminder and a little motivation <laughs> that I am enough and am worthy. Well, one of, one of the things that you can really easily do, Hannah, just to like check in is to say when you're feeling upset, because usually it's when we're upset. When we're upset, we're discouraged, we're embarrassed, we're feeling shame, we're feeling grief, any, any of that, guilt, fear, to check in and ask yourself, what am I making up? What am I making up? And most of the time we're taking a fact like this person broke up with me or, you know, this video got taken down or I didn't get this gig that I wanted. And we make it mean something about who we are instead of what, if we just stop and process that for a second and go, what am I making this mean? I am making this mean that I, I can't ever get a job again or that I'm not lovable. That's crap. That's not true. And then you can kind of work with it and start infusing your mind with some of those positive self-talk statements that I was talking about earlier. But it really is, it's just the awareness. I mean, that's yeah. the big secret. <laughs> oh, awareness. Wow. <laughs> um, what do you do in your daily practices? Do you meditate? Like, how do you stay mentally aware? Well, I am currently studying to get my hypnotherapy certification uh, to add kind of to my portfolio of what I do. And so I've been doing a lot of, of hypnosis and hypnosis is essentially just meditation with a goal. So something that we are looking to accomplish. So even today, for example, I went to go get some groceries and although I'm 40, I do not have children and I never wanted children. And as I'm in Trader Joe's, there's just, I swear, every child <laughs> in that store today. And I just found myself getting irritated and more and more irritated. And, and so I stopped myself in the moment and I kind of, I, I forced myself to think compassionately about these poor moms that are forced to take care of all of these things. That was one piece. But then I, I did some hypnotherapy. So I put some uh, hypnosis in my earphones and they're kind of designed it's a kind of a specialty type of hypnosis that's designed to bypass the critical function of the brain through subliminal messaging and things like that. And that, that already can just help me anchor into happiness. And it was the goal of that hypnosis was happiness. So if I know I'm cranky and I'm not feeling well, 
I can call upon, okay, what, do I, what would I rather feel? I would rather feel happy. All right, what are the tools that I have at my disposal? Well, I have an interview coming up with Hannah, don't have a ton of time, let me throw this into my earphones. And that's something that I can do, just really small habits that I've created in order to anchor me back to how I really do want to feel instead of feeling a victim to my circumstance. Mm, that's really cool. And I love how you, by this point in your life, like you already know, okay, triggered, I need this <laughs> and we're good to go. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too, is I, I teach this. So not only have I had the tenure of doing this for the last 10, 15 years, but it's what I talk about day in and day out all the time. So that's one of the things that I love to tell people is be gentle with yourself. The person that you hear speaking right now is not who I was when I was 18, who was so insecure and embarrassed of who I was and didn't believe in my, my own self-worth. So it's a journey and, and any step towards recognizing that voice or asking yourself, what am I making up? Any of those steps are a step in, in truly loving yourself more. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing all this insightful advice and motivation. What are you on to next? What's your next um, project? Is it still coaching? Are you working on, I don't know, just share with us what, what you do. <laughs> well, I do a, one, a, a very signature program that I have that I've been teaching since 2015, and it's called Deep Down and Dirty. And that, that pretty much I decided over the last year that I only want to work in transformation. I wasn't interested in doing any small little classes or little here and there sorts of things. I wanted to do really comprehensive transformative work. And so that is the only thing that I do. I used to have a ton of different offerings and home study programs and things like that. And I, I discontinued all of them just so that I could focus on deep down and dirty. And uh, at the same time, I am working on my cert for hypnosis and uh, hypnotherapy. And what's really cool about that is there are tons of different modalities within the hypnosis kind of umbrella. And I'm really fascinated about dream therapy. So that's, I, I'm going to do an additional certification with that as well, but I'm only, I'm only about halfway through my training. So I'm kind of being gentle with myself that like, let's, let's just take the remainder of the year to, to process uh, and just learn this new skill set. So it's, it's amazing though. Oh my gosh. It's been, it just mind blowing. Yeah. That sounds really cool. And I'm excited to see that process um, while following you on your journey. So where can others follow you at? So I'm pretty much everywhere on the internet under the joy junkie. That's my handle pretty much everywhere. I typically hang out on Insta the most and uh, my website is thejoyjunkie.com. And over there, you'll see I have a podcast I've been doing with my, my husband is my sidekick. We've been doing it for over six years now. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? I'm like, God, that, that time has flown by. But there, you know, I have tons of free workbooks and we have over 300 episodes on the pod. There's tons of ways to kind of get connected and uh, workshops and workbooks and all sorts of free stuff. So um, yeah, you can find me over at thejoyjunkie.com and junkie is spelled J-U-N-K-I-E if you're listening in. Perfect. Thank you again for sharing so much with us today. I know my listeners are, are absolutely, absolutely going to love this episode. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
And that was my interview with Laura. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you learned something new or had a takeaway from this episode, make sure to let me know either in an iTunes review or DM me um, on Instagram and, and tag on our, your stories, Laura and I. We would both love to see you listening, where you're listening. Do you listen in your car? while you're folding laundry, while you're on the treadmill. Like, let us know where you listen. And yeah, okay, that's going to be it for this week's episode. It was a long one. We had a nice long interview, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, And so I will see you guys next week, next Friday, for a new episode. Have a great day, guys. Bye.